Welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio, the tastiest hour of talk in Music City. Now here's your host, Brandon Still. Hello, Music City, and welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio. We are powered by Gordon Food Service. My name is Brandon Still, and I am your host. We've got a fun episode for you today. We're going to be talking with Ben and Jamie, and they are two of the owners over at the Pearl Diver in East Nashville. And I, you know what? I didn't know a whole lot about the Pearl Diver. This was a fun interview because, you know, a lot of times I know people that come in and I, I you ask them questions. You kind of know the answers too, but you want to share their answers. And there's a lot of them that are genuine, like I'm looking for the answer. But these guys, I didn't know anything about them. And so everything about this is completely organic and completely like just learning about them. And I was so fascinated because what they do, these guys are restaurant veterans who've traveled the world and they've taken kind of their favorite cocktails from the, their favorite places that they've gone and some of the favorite food that they've made. And they just kind of turned it into this amazing restaurant that does authentic food. And it's not like Mexican authentic or Cuban authentic. There is some authentic Cuban there. They do kind of all over. And it's really, really interesting on top of the fact that they're just like two of my new favorite people. Uh, I love sitting in this studio talking to people, and these are two guys that absolutely nailed that. So excited. Uh, they've got a new place coming called the Tiger, I think it's the Tiger Bar. And uh, I learned a lot. I learned a lot from this interview, and I hope that you do too. We are getting a ton of engagement on our Mexican restaurant bracket. This has been so fun. It's been so fun just to see people get involved. So fun to see people comment. People are posting about their favorites that weren't, didn't make the list. And I mean, gosh, there's so many that can make the list. But this is going to come out Sunday afternoon. You have until 1130 tonight to vote. So you go to NashvilleRestaurantRadio.com. Right there on the homepage, if you scroll down just like the very next thing, that's your, your voting. You just click a button. You can go vote straight from there. And it's going to get progressively more exciting as we get down the list. There's a few that are running away with it, but there's a few that are still tied, like 60 to 60, like voting-wise. I mean, there's definitely, if you go vote right now, it will be very, very helpful. This is brought to you by NetChecks. And NetChecks has been an amazing partner for this. They helped me kind of put everything together. Lauren over at NetChecks has been amazing, and I just can't thank her enough. But if you are out there and you need HR solutions, payroll solutions, scheduling, hiring, they have all kinds of solutions. Uh, if you need any of that, you need to give Lauren a call. Her number, 615-319-9200. That's 615-319-9200. Give her a call. If you have any questions about any of this stuff, she specializes in working with restaurants. They're a fantastic partner in heaven. I couldn't be more excited. On another note, Brandon's book club is often running. We referenced this book in an interview. Uh, we just finished with Imran Sheik. Uh, Shake, sorry, Imran Sheik. Uh, he is the owner of Milkshake Concepts, one of the partners, and uh, that interview is going to come out on Friday. I'm so excited about it. They own Layer Cake and the uh, Cherry Bar there, and they've got three more locations that are coming to downtown 
really cool stuff. This guy is a CEO of a big restaurant, but they're based out of Dallas and uh, could not have met a nicer guy. Just a lovely, lovely guy. What a wonderful conversation we had for a guy who's really moving and shaking and making things happen. That interview is going to come out on Friday. And the reference there for Brandon's book club is that we're reading the book, uh, The Comfort Crisis by Michael Easter. And I reference it in our interview with Imran because he is a, let's get outside our comfort zone and continue to grow. And that's kind of the the reasoning behind the book. And it's, it's really good stuff. So wanted to share that. And, um, and then on Wednesday, we have another episode of the Gospel of Cocktail podcast. That is going to be with Kayla Ellis and Laura from the Fox Bar. So if you are a fan of the Fox Bar, you want to talk to Laura. We're going to have Andrew, who's the owner of the Fox Bar, coming on National Restaurant Radio pretty soon. This will whet your appetite uh, with Laura. And it's, from everything I understand, this is an amazing episode. I cannot wait to listen to it, put it together. And um, yeah, all that stuff's going on. So thank you guys for listening. Let's jump in. We're going to hear a couple small commercials, and then we're going to jump right in with Ben and Jamie from The Pearl Diver. Thanks, guys. Have a wonderful week ahead. We are super excited to introduce Maintain IQ for restaurants. Maintain IQ is a modern digital checklist system that simplifies your operations. They are designed specifically for restaurants. You can standardize, track, and manage food safety procedures, temp logs, daily checklists, preventative maintenance, and ongoing repairs. He's saying that you can managers will save up to 10 hours per week. You can repair, you can reduce repairs and maintenance spend by $5,000 a year. Staff will know what to do, how to do it, and when to do it. Everything is digitally recorded. Minimize liability, ensuring safety, cleaning, and compliance standards are upheld. This is the best thing since sliced bread, guys. And we're going to talk about that in just a second with Sharpies. But we are talking about a checklist to do every single thing in your restaurant that's all kept nice and neat in a little app. You need to call Will Jackson. His number is 888-534-0261 and set up a 30-minute demo. If you do that, I'll give you a free Nash Restaurant Radio hat or I'll give you a free Nash Restaurant Radio t-shirt. Just send me a message on Instagram. Check out Maintain IQ. You know, what chefs want, some people still call it creation gardens, but what chefs want has been, was our first advertiser on the show. Uh, Monty Crawford saw what we we're doing. He goes, I want to be part of it, dude. I love it. And I just, I love that. They're so perfect because they work with locally owned and operated restaurants better than anyone. And let me tell you how they do it. No minimums, no fees, no fuel surcharges, no surcharges anytime. They deliver seven days a week. They have 24-7 customer support. You can call, text, chat, email anytime from anywhere. Or you can reach them at 502-587-9012. They have a diverse line of products. Their chefs have access to thousands of items across many different categories that allow them to receive fresh product daily. What chefs want is the perfect addition to any broadline company as they've got all of your fresh produce delivered daily, plus custom meats, anything that you need that your broadliner can't get. Give them a call 800-600-8510 or visit them at whatchefswant.com. Super excited today to welcome in Jamie and Ben and both of you are with Pearl Diver, right? Correct. And are you guys founders, owners? What do you guys do there? We're the owners. They're the owners of Pearl Diver. Fantastic. Yes. Welcome 
to Nashville Restaurant Radio. Thanks for having us. Yeah, you got a good voice for this. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm going to drop mine a couple I, decibels. Do I even speak? Well, now, we'll just go ahead and get going on the radio voice. Yeah. Looking for a nice cold beverage. You know, it's funny. People come in and they go, sweaty balls. <laughs> <laughs> Dusty muffins. I feel sometimes like I'm in that Saturday Night Live right. skit. We're like, hello, we're so excited to have you here today. This is going to be a lot of fun, and we're going to talk about your neat bar. Yes. So you guys are uh, just got back from a trip to New Orleans. How long were you in New Orleans? Seven days. Seven days. Yeah. How's your liver doing today? Um, you know what? I think after doing it for years, I think we know how to pace ourselves yeah. down there now. You're pros. Yeah, I think so. The longer that you're down there, the more years you go, the less of a desire to kind of drink everything that gets yeah. thrown at you because it's it's can be really in, like inundating with opportunity i mean every event that's going on there just is an unlimited amount of booze so you kind of have to just you have to have like it. restraint yeah yeah and I you don't also kind of get is. burnt out on it frankly you know i, I can imagine yeah now if we were down there for two days yeah I, we'd be dead yeah <laughs> <laughs> i've only done that i my, my i i've been down i've been to new orleans a handful of times but i remember one time i lived in jackson mississippi i used to run the amerigo in jackson mm-hmm. mississippi and a buddy of mine did a road trip we had a hundred dollars cash each and we went down there and uh, we filled the tank up. We got there, filled the tank with gas because we knew we weren't going to have anything on the way home. This is way, I think there was debit cards then, but this was a long time ago. Yeah. We did like the five for one Coronas, just got fucking wasted. <laughs> and then uh, and then we walked into the Harris Casino. I was like, whoa, we got like $12 left. Let's do it. And then we'll just throw this in a machine or whatever. Stopped at a roulette wheel and bought 12 $1 tokens. And I hit a number for $35 like holy shit I got 35 bucks and then I like put three chips on that number and it hit it again and we went from like we had $100 each till we both had $350 each hell yeah and we went to like Dickie Brennan's we went from like we're gonna like sober up a little bit then drive back to Jackson Mississippi yeah. it's a good to, thing you didn't have Jamie on the roulette yeah, wheel with you I'm uh, <laughs> I, I might be good at many things in life and I actually you know the thing is I am good at how to play, I just never win. He did a great job teaching his girlfriend how to play roulette, who we watched her just shred it. Shred just shred it. it. So fast. Shred but it. it's all about luck. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, mean, there's a, a little bit. There's a little bit. It's mm-hmm. like, you should do this and this and this. If I did it, I will lose every time. If I tell somebody to do it, they will hit it every time. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Yeah, yeah. Huh. That's my life. Did you guys get to go in the casino at all while you were there? Yes. Yeah, we did. And continue to lose it? How did you do? Uh, did you win, I, Jamie? I did. I lost very bad. Okay. My girlfriend won very well after I told her <laughs> how to do her job. I, uh, I made more money playing a random slot machine at a dive bar the night before, so that was really awesome. I, okay. I threw in 20 bucks, and right we away. hit it big when we were leaving, and I was like, oh, I just made 200-something bucks. I was like, great, cool. Hell Yeah. My wife relates every twenty dollar bill as to a pizza, so she's like, "Don't lose a bunch of pizzas." And I was like, "Yeah, I just won like ten pizzas." That's so interesting because I do it. I used to do that to like drinks. Yeah, like I we used to. So I used to run a company called Fresh Point, and we mm-hmm. would take people to hockey games all the time. And drinks were like seventeen dollars at a hockey game. Where a beer is like twelve dollars, you know. And you would just go and like, "You want a beer? You want a beer?" And you just pop down, and it was like, "Fuck, that's that's." That's a lot of money for drinks, but anyway, I started associating that with places. I'm like, yeah. what's well, a seven dollar taco? I'm like, well, that's like half of a beer at a game. Like, <laughs> yeah. or you go to any bar. Yeah, right. I always yeah. said like, if you go to any bar, like you can drink like a king. Oh, yeah. If you were like at a Preds game, 
Right. Because the prices of all that stuff is insane. Yep. Unless you're on a rooftop at a hotel bar somewhere. Then that's a little different animal. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, or you're... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what were you doing in New Orleans? Let's go through that story. Then I want to talk about Pearl Diver. I want to talk about a lot. I have a lot of cool. stuff I want to talk to you guys about. So we were done there for Tales of the Cocktail. Uh, it is the preeminent award ceremony for the cocktail industry globally. Uh Kind of like imagine South by Southwest on steroids meets kind of like the Grammys kind of deal. Um, in New Orleans. In New Orleans. Yes. So it's wow. the home of that. I mean, it's the also like the home of the cocktail as well as yeah. New Orleans. So uh, every year, right around now, they have their big awards ceremony. And so they're taking like, every, every brand that's worth its weight in salt is their, you know, they, it's kind of like their big expense account moment for the year. Uh, and then every great bar that's been you know made it through some of the rounds or is in the top four or top 10 top 20 whatever everyone's there and there's a lot of uh you know it's, it's also what you make it to there's a lot of educational stuff there's a lot of classes that are being taught to you know younger bartenders and bar owners and everybody i mean literally anything you could imagine is there it's like how to be a sustainable bar how to how to run your point of sale the right way how to carry your tins how to you know. What did you learn? What's the biggest takeaway? Like you guys are on the way home and you're like, dude, what did you learn? You're like, I didn't know this, but I learned this. What was it? What's your I, biggest takeaway? I think it's a little hard for both of us because yeah. we've been a lot. Yeah. Um, this time, I don't know. Really learned nothing about cocktails <laughs> while I was down there this time. Uh, but you guys, I, were, I learned that the French Quarter is really fucking messy now. It's, it's disgusting. Gotten re- it's gotten worse than I've ever seen it. Yeah, Ugh. for sure. What what uh, so you guys were nominated, right? Yeah. yeah. So we've been been a, open for this next week. Well, actually, this weekend will be our four year anniversary uh, for Pearl. Uh, we've made the top eight for best U.S. cocktail bars. Uh, three years. Three years. The One other year was COVID. COVID. So it doesn't matter. What do so, you do? Yeah, the, yeah. The, nobody's winning any awards that year. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, wow. That's congratulations. Thank, Thank you, you very much. I mean, that's a big deal. I, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Was that a goal of yours when you opened the bar? I mean, I mean, it's always on our minds. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, as, as the difference is, as far as a goal, it's a, because of the market that we're in, it's a very unreachable goal sometimes. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's always in an A market. It's always the New York bar, Miami bar, LA bar. Okay. Um, but to make that top eight the last three years is huge for Nashville. I mean, huge for us, but also huge for Nashville. Yeah. It's big. So, it's, I mean, in general too, I, I, actually don't believe that there's actually any other bars that are on that list that have made it that consistently, which is great. You know, what do you We're really good that? at being a bridesmaid <laughs> pretty <laughs> much. <laughs> hey, at least you're, you know, at, the we'll par- you're at the party. Yeah, yeah, exactly. For sure. But what do you, what, what do you attribute to that? Like what makes a really good bar when you guys set out to open the Pearl Diver? And I don't right. know your history. I mean, yeah. I, you look so familiar, Jamie. I don't I, know. I'm sure we met many times. Yeah, I'm like, I don't, I don't where it was. I don't know how it is, but we, we got to talk about your tattoos too. But like when you set to open Pearl Diver, what mm-hmm. was your like North Star? Giving great service and doing something really, really fun. Um, yeah. We've each kind of, we have a an entire Rolodex of concepts uh, between us that we, that we want to do as partners. And Pearl Diver was something that I really, really wanted to get, get moving when, back when, uh, my other bar was open and we just closed that one. Was what was your other bar? Number 308. Oh yeah. I love yeah. that bar. And Jamie and I really kind of got real close during that time. And we started doing a bunch of really fun little, uh, like tiki ish pop-ups. It was kind of like beta testing and we're like, you know what? Let's, let's 
build a bar together. Let's do it. And it kind of yeah. just molded itself into that. But the goal is really was just to, I mean, I think we kind of carry that with everything that we do is to make a really approachable, great bar that can be that can stand on its own as a neighborhood spot where people that don't necessarily love cocktails can come in and hang out and then turn around one day and be like, holy shit, I love cocktails. I didn't realize it. You know, yeah. we, we take a lot of the pomp and circumstance out of the, the whole game. Yeah, also, too, uh, Pearl was very much so based on our travels. Yeah. Um, and I think it was really important for us to kind of bring back some of these uh, cultural ideas of their cocktails and bring it back here right. I saw the the description. It says you've traveled the world of sugar cane and, and agave, like, yeah, and agave, yeah. like in Hawaii and South America. Where where, actually, we, where are we traveling? It was Anywhere? Not even so much Hawaii. Yeah. that's actually actually one of the least mm-hmm. factors of it. But uh, Cuba, Brazil, Mexico, Jamaica, Thailand. Yeah. Like um, we yeah, just travel. Japan, you know, like all these islandish type places um, that you know. In their culture, like we would say, we're going down to a tiki bar, but it's just their bar, and that was like a huge thing for us to not appro- uh, like culturally appropriate on. Like that's why there's no grass skirts, there's no like tiki head, you know. Well, the, the tiki is a culture. Yeah, so I mean, that's one of those things that we've kind of spent the last four years. It's it's tough because you don't want to be a dick and be like. You know, at first, we were like really had to put the fork down in the middle of the road and be like, "Listen, we're not a tiki bar." It's like all these guys dressed in like Shriner hats and all this stuff is like coming here to play stump the bartender with a you know old book of tiki <laughs> recipes. It's like that's not what we're doing here. Yeah, uh, people do it, that. Yeah, oh yeah, it's a yeah. huge thing. There's like tiki files, you know, and they travel all over the place to do this kind of thing and collect all the mugs and stuff. And then that aspect, the adoration that they have for the that culture. Is it's it's great, but that's just not what we are, you know. The I, we're pretty rare in not even like obviously here we're the only ones that do that, but even in across the country we're probably one of maybe two or three bars that do what we do, uh, being that we are focused on sugarcane and agave, and that's bringing these cocktails like he was saying when we went down to Cuba, we had an, an old man pressing fresh sugarcane juice and. We fell in love with that. We immediately ordered a sugarcane press. And did you guys? Are you guys friends before this? Did yeah. you guys like travel like travel buddies together? Yeah. I mean, we literally flew in a four person prop plane to Cuba like back in 2016. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, I worked at 308 for five, six years, so we yeah. knew each other five or six. Years and before, before that, we actually played multiple shows in our in our different punk rock bands. Yeah. So I was just saying, well, you guys have to have a like a music background. Yep. Yeah, very much so. Okay, okay, I'm I'm, I'm, pit, I'm putting the pieces together yeah, here. I'm like, because yeah, yeah. I, yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, I haven't but, drank for three years, so I, I'm like, I'm in, I'm in this almost not been one of those years. Well, the first year was COVID, and then you guys had just opened. Yeah, and I live in West Nashville, and getting out to eat, just for sure, I never really got to go and yeah. really experience Pearl Diver because I just. Well, the good news is you can always come in and have a, a slew of really fun mocktails and yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Great food, sure. too. But, yeah, the whole point was, you know, we went, Cuba was really the, the defining moment for the concept overall. Um, what was it about Cuba? Well, when we got there, you know, so I was a classically cocktail-trained bartender. I came out of New York City, uh, moved here in 2009. This is Ben, by the way, talking. And uh, I was trained by a lot of the the really preeminent cocktail 
uh, gurus. And so I was really fortunate in that road. But we're, so we wanted to do these, we wanted to make sure we were doing everything right. You know, it, back in the day, it was always about fresh juices and making sure the recipes are right. The bartenders knew what they were doing. Uh, but then we went to Cuba, which is the home of the mojito, the home of the daiquiri. Uh, and the daiquiri was the biggest one that we, you know, having, having a daiquiri in Cuba and having a mojito in, in Cuba and seeing just how vehemently different they are really than the way that American bartenders, no matter what skill set they are, uh, you know, it's just kind of this big eye opener. We looked at each other and we're like, holy shit. It's like, like having a caipirinha in Brazil. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, even so, yes and no, because at least in, in America, the, the specs, the understanding of the presentation of a caipirinha in America is still closer than it is with like the mojito. It, I mean, it's night. What's and day. the difference? What, okay, what do they so do? America, American bartenders take the, take everything, they shake it all up. They make a mint syrup, whatever it is, everything strained, fine, super clean. And in Cuba, the mojito is essentially a muddled uh, like a mint muddled rum and soda. It's a highball. Okay. Um, you know, and there, so it's like one of those things where it, you see it in, in like culinary cuisine, and you get that whole idea as well, where they take food and they want to go, American culture wants to make it more than it needs to be. Uh, and it's like, keep it simple, stupid. You know, it's really the, the goal to it is just like use good product, do it this way, the way it's supposed to be done. And that's kind of what we looked at each other and we're like, all right, we everybody's overthinking this stuff in America. Let's give it to them yeah, the we, way it's supposed to be done. We, yeah, we did that with you know every aspect and as on our classic side of the menu, and then on our original side of the menu, we just go, "Hey, we've traveled to these places. We've had these flavors. How do we get those into our drinks?" So almost every drink that you have has some kind of spice um, from a, a different region, and I think it's you know we we have a lot of fun with it. And it allows us to use a lot of different ingredients people aren't using. So that's awesome. So I think people that are listening to this, one of the fa- my favorite things about travel was drinking. Right, you go to Hawaii and you drink a mai tai the way they do it in Hawaii, and they all have their. I'm soaking the Myers and in, in cocoa beans, and then mm-hmm. we're using that to float. And then you, like I mentioned in Brazil, the caipirinha how they make it there, or a pisco sour, or people go and they travel and they pick up indigenous ways to do things, and they're trying to find a place. Like in our house, at my house, we can make those drinks at home mm-hmm. the way that we learned how to do them yeah. there. But it's like a special thing. It brings me back to that vacation. Yeah. I go to the Pearl Diver and drink these drinks, and it will take me back to when I'm there in the place. And is that for sure kind that's, of part of the concept? That, that's hundred percent the, okay. the concept. Okay, okay, good. I nailed it. Okay, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a concept. cross between two of them. It's like giving people this escapism, whether or not it's like giving them that that recollection of oh remember that time we were in Jamaica and we had this beautiful cocktail whatever that but it's also about paying tribute to the authentic culture that formed this stuff you know like sure. one of one of for us it's one of my favorite moments is when someone comes in from Puerto Rico or wherever and says holy shit, your pina colada is done the way that we make our pina coladas. Your paloma is the same way that we do it in Mexico. Like, that's huge for Biggest us. Biggest compliment you can get. Yeah, because oh, yeah. it's like, who are, these, who are these tattooed white guys making making these drinks from, you know, Panama? And you're like, well, we took the time. We we, we cared about it. And it, you got to go to a bar now. Like, I was when I, I went to Rio a few times. I referenced Brazil a few times. But it's really, it was one of those moments. You're in Ipanema, and they're... They're making a caipirinha and they take the lime and then they add the sugar cane and they're muddling it and they 
put crushed ice on it and they just fill it with kishasa. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then they give it to you and it's like, this is the bet. But after two of them, you can't stop laughing. Like it's, oh. it, you're just, but then you go to a bar here and you order one and they go, yeah. And they take ice, lime juice, simple syrup in this. And you're like, yeah, what is that? Like, yeah. you're not, no, that's not a, that's that, not it. That's just a that's just a cachaça sour. Every time yeah. I've seen somebody actually put the lime in him, I go, mm-hmm. holy shit, you're making it the right way. This is going to be good. Yep. He spent a good amount of time down in Brazil. Yeah, Sao Paulo. Like rolling cachaça barrels around. Crazy city. Yeah. Yep. I mean, from all, I've, I've Sao Paulo is just one of those cities that oh, yeah. is like, holy shit, like yeah. Mexico City. Have you guys ever been to Mexico City? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's oh, yeah. one of my that's favorites. Similar awesome. vibe-ish? No, not at all. Um, I've never been to Mexico City. Through Sao Paulo. I mean, I think any Latin American city does have some similarities. Um, Mexico City feels very sophisticated. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it's weird because when I you feel fly like it's more in, like New York. you're kind of flying into like a, a jungle, if that makes sense. Like you can look from the outside of the plane as just a huge mountain all the way around. And everybody always says Mexico City is so dangerous, but it's actually not the city. It's the suburbs. It's kind of the opposite of uh, anywhere else um, American culture, <laughs> yeah. you know. Like, so if you stay inside the city, you're safe. It's when you adventure out. Like, if you're going to the temples of the gods, that's 45 minutes outside of town. You stop off in one of those small towns, watch yourself. Yeah. But if you're just watch, walking around Mexico City, you're good to go. And the, the food and the drinks. I mean, talk about a place that uses different spices and drinks. They are in every drink there. Um, What's the most common spice used, or what's the most interesting spice used in a drink? That's hard. yeah, that's so tough. Many. I mean, for Mex- I'm talking Mexico City. Like you're there. Oh, like Mexico if you're getting City. a drink, like what's something that you they would put in there that you would be like, I didn't think to put that in, but when you did it, it's really good. Almost everything they use there is different types of chilies. I mean, yeah. they, like everything is a different chili. Everything is an actual spice. Every rim <laughs> has a tahini of some sort. Like, everybody makes, every bar almost has their own style of tahini they do. Um, There's just, and to be honest, half of them, half of those chilies I've never even heard of. Well, that's like you had, like, uh, Edgar Victoria from Alabrije. Yeah. You know, I mean, he grew up in Mexico City. He was tagged, and he moved to to America to get away from that lifestyle. But he was talking about the street food he used to eat. And I'm like, that's the best. God, man. I mean, I'm just mouth-watering over here listening to him talk about it. He's like, I just wanted to do that here in America. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I went on a, uh, one of my trips to Mexico. I did like a Alpa store tour, essentially trying to find the quintessential perfect Alpa store recipe because in America, and what's wild is I was just talking about my wife, this with my wife last night, even, even, uh, like Hispanic people here in, in the States do, like doing Alpa store are not doing it the traditional way. So it was one of those things like finding that and discovering it and, and then being like, we're going to do that here. We're going to make it right. Uh, it's, you know, street food is it's where it's at really is. I'm having this epiphany while I'm talking to you guys. And I'm thinking about like the best restaurants that you can go eat. And it's really restaurants that focus on seasonal mm-hmm. focus on like locally sourced do it like the right way. Yeah. I think that you can do a restaurant and go, I'm going to open a restaurant and I'm going to buy the cheapest stuff and I'm going to make food that will fill your belly. That's one thing. But then you look at the guys at Eastside Bon Mi making their own Bon Mi bread mm-hmm. and they're, they're, it's the way that it should be. And Gracie with her history and her culture, like this is the way I remember when I was a kid. Like those Bon Mi's are beyond. You look at Hal over at Lachlan Table. Hal, what do you, why is your zucchini so much better than right. any zucchini I've ever had? 
I buy local and I buy it at the peak of the season and that's when I'm serving it. And it's like, oh, that makes a difference. And then kind of just if you're doing a restaurant or a bar, finding the authentic way to do it and not skipping, yeah, I mean, not not taking shortcuts is truth. It's the way to, that's the best place. Well, you got to think about it too, like whether it's food or drink, there's there's a reason why those recipes lasted in the in those countries for hundreds of years, you know, until they come here and then they get turned into a shit show. You know, it's like you were mentioning the Mai Tai earlier. I can't tell you the amount of Mai Tais I've had at, at bars that had fruit juices in them. And it's like they just mistook like what, what a planter's punch for a Mai Tai, you know. And it's one of those things like when we get a chance to hand somebody over a real Mai Tai or a real, the real daiquiri parts is the, the, is the most funny one for us. Cause we're always, I always tell people if you're going to come to our bar for one drink, you got to have our daiquiri because we actually took, that's the, probably the one thing where we actually took a classic recipe from Cuba. And if anything, we actually kind of improved upon it because that was the thing that happened with him and I were like, okay, the balance is great on the ones that they were making in Cuba and they work, but they weren't using the fresh sugarcane juice. We're like, this is the land of fucking sugarcane. So we like we came home, we pressed a bunch of sugarcane and made some daiquiris and looked at each other and we're like, oh man, we did it. This is awesome. This, this, this is, is fucking wild. So we tell people, you gotta have a daiquiri. You know, we were just in New Orleans and I'm staring at, you know, All 20 the, fucking the machines and, and they're also slinging pizza and you're like, this is the daiquiri that is the reason why people's head spins around on their shoulders when we tell them they gotta try a daiquiri. They're like, I've had a daiquiri. I've been in New Orleans. You're like, mm, that's not a daiquiri. <laughs> That's that's interesting because, and I also, I mean, there's this perception. I I, I think it's a disservice when mm-hmm. people like we don't fucking serve frozen drinks if we're not doing right. daiquiris. Is your daiquiri frozen? No, I assume. it's not. So that's a it's thing. Not, yeah, it's not the daiquiri shouldn't be frozen. Doesn't have to be frozen. It shouldn't but be frozen. It's also something that people are afraid to order because there's a stigma around ordering it because it's a pain in the ass for a bartender to make. Does that make sense? Yeah, but nothing's hard to make. Really. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> well, that's a mentality. Is that, is, but is that a mindset? Is that a mindset going in? Like, hey, look, I'm not here to make drinks that are easy for me to make. I'm here to make drinks that are going to make you, the guest, have an amazing experience. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Do you feel uh, that culture anywhere? You know, it's it's so funny. I've had more times than not, in, especially in this town, people get annoyed by a drink order. And... That's upsetting. <laughs> Is it? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I I think it comes down to, to good management. You know, I mean, that's one of the things that he and I pride ourselves on is we're, especially with the concept of Pearl Diver, where you have all these esoteric ingredients and, you know, it could be, if you were to go about it one way, a very lengthy process from, from order to glass. And, you know, there's a lot of steps that we can take throughout the the prep process with our barbacks and our bartenders before service getting to a point that when it comes time for the order to come across the bar it's a three-touch cocktail and the majority of the time is actually spent dressing the cocktail with garnish and presentation that it takes to shake the thing up we're primarily uh more work on our bar back at Mm -hmm. pro diver than on our bartender they're scientists to make sure you guys can have a drink faster. Um, really? Yeah. So uh, almost every drink as it starts, when probably seven, eight touches, we get them all down to two to three. Um, just in back How do of you house, do that? Back of housework. It's Science. About, Prep? <laughs> Preparation? Preparation. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, we've got everything down to almost a brick system. 
yeah. um, like sugar content system in the back. Yeah. That part's um, always the funniest thing for a barback. They come in to, to apply for a barback position and they think they're going to be, you know, slinging case, you know, slinging. And they're looking at a refractometer. And, and they're looking yeah. through a refractometer and they're like, <laughs> what the fuck? What's going on? We're like, well, you got to make sure that this is right. Because again, going back to the sugarcane thing, you know, we're taking fresh stalks of sugarcane and we're pressing that. And depending on when that sugarcane was harvested, what time of year, where it was harvested, it's going to change the, the, a, like the base sugar content, the, the bricks level is going to be different. So when we get to it, we need to make sure that everything is completely identical from batch to batch to batch. So that way, when the bartender gets it, he knows that his specs don't need to be changing every day so, to uh, make these drinks. Oh, little backstory for people listening going, is he talking about like bricks on like a house? Like, is this, <laughs> what is he talking about? What is the bricks? B-R-I-X is a, I don't know where the word originated from, but it is the sugar content is the, the amount right. of sugar is in something. So I'm a produce guy and I know about cantaloupe when it arrives, we pull out a refractometer and we check the sugar content. It has to be between 12 and 17. I forget the percentage, what it was in order for us to receive the product because it had to sell. Well, I wanted to sell sweet cantaloupe. Yeah. You don't want bad cantaloupes. So we tested everything when it came in. That's the only reason why I know what that is. So you are taking sugarcane, you're making different uh, mixes and you're testing it with a refractometer to make yeah. sure that it's consistent, yeah. sugar content. I mean, it goes through it's, it's so many other things. I mean, our barbacks are quite possibly professional pineapple uh, purveyors because, you know, what, what the average American views as a, as a, a good-looking pineapple is not ready yet. You know, uh, a pineapple shouldn't be green. That's, you know, it looks beautiful. We use those for garnish yeah. uh, because it's, it's really beautiful. But, uh, you know, we tip them over as soon as they come in because what everybody thinks that a pineapple grows the opposite way that it actually is presented. So you turn them upside down, let the sugars come down through from the top to the bottom. Uh, they will actually speed up the, that process faster. So when they get to the point where the outside is looking that nice brownish gold color, that's when our barbacks know to use these to juice and these other ones to cut, and this to garnish. So there's a whole process that goes into everything, and that goes down through every single syrup and mix that we make. You know, we, with how we make it so much faster, we take things that have, you know, organic matter in them that will that will fall off in flavor. Those have X amount of days. We can combine all those things. We combine all of our, our spirit mixes into another batch. You know, so let's say it's a cocktail that's got two or three different uh, alcohols in it, You've got a base, you got a modifier, whatever, and then you have your sugars and your sweeteners, and we basically separate. You've got a sour, you've got your sweet, and then you got your strong, and those are how we get to the three touches. Yeah. And a lot of the sweets, wow. um, you know, like I said, we use so many different spices, teas that goes into our sweets, and we took the old chef approach, and instead of just going teaspoons or cut this up into a cu cup, it's we'll break it down to grams and weigh it out. Um, just what chefs have been doing for years that a lot of back of house bar people weren't doing. So. Well, I think it's kind of one of the things that I try and do every single day in my restaurants is be intentional. Mm -hmm. right? I want nothing to be done because that's the way that it's always been done. Or I want, and everybody needs to know the reason why everything gets done when you're intentional with everything you do, then it's, it's it becomes less about reacting and it now becomes a we're proactively going into a shift ready to go and now it's a dance it's a now it's a choreographed dance that we're doing that we know what the next step is versus 
we don't know what's going to happen. We're not ready. When you're intentional with every single thing you do, you have that much more confidence. Correct. How do you teach all of this to people? I mean, how long is the training process? Do you find people that... I mean, I'll let you know when it finishes. (laughs) (laughs) There is is no end. You know, it, it all depends... Upon the person, you know, would our our hiring process is a, is definitely unique in the fact that we're we're very strong believers in the fact that you can teach talent, but you can't teach personality. So it's one of those things that you can come to us and you can say, "Listen, I've never worked in this industry before, but I'd really like to do it." If you got heart and you got drive and you're willing to do it and you're and put in the time, we'll build you into the biggest beast that you can be. So it's it's more about. What, how big is your heart? How yeah. big is your interest? I mean, Spirit I of service. Mm-hmm. We'll take that over the uh, experienced bartender any day because yep. then you're trying to break bad habits previously. Yeah, we're always like having to tear them down to build them back up. So it's like you could give us this laundry list of places you've worked at and we're like, next. Who's this guy? Bob. Bob's never done anything but work at a donut shop. Let's see. Let's give Bob a call. <laughs> I No, I referenced this in my last interview. Just got done interviewing uh, a guy named Sandy Gennaro, who's the, who's the drummer for Cindy Lauper and Joan Jett. Cool. All right. And he was just sitting in your chair and we were talking about this and, um, Oh fuck. I lost my train of thought. What was I saying? Where were we? Come on. Service. Service. Heart. Heart. I said, you could train, uh, I, I was talking about hiring, but I said, mm-hmm. you can, you can trust and, um, you've got to have heart. This kid said in the interview, this is where I'm at. The kid said in the interview, he goes, I've never waited tables before. And I go, okay, well this is, this is kind of a nice restaurant. We, we like, I like a little bit of experience. I want you to know some of the terms. And he goes, look, I'm going to make mistakes. I know that right now, but I learned from all of my mistakes and I am, I'm, I'm eager to do that. And I want to do this and I want to, and he came went back and I was like, done. Like, yeah. let's go. Yeah. If you're willing to say, I'm not perfect. I don't know, but it's yeah. all about attitude. It's about yeah. attitude, mm-hmm. spirit of service. I don't know what it is, but seeing, seeing a kid grow too, like seeing yeah. one of our employees, Go from that first part because it can be feel it can feel very inundating, like it's an overwhelming situation when you're first walking into these jobs with us, and then it's like getting to that point where they're like they get so it's so much pride. It's you know it's like your kid walking up to you and you're like, look what I drew at school today. These kids are like, taste the syrup. Look what I did it. I did it. I did yeah. it. And you're like, you nailed it. Good job. It's great. And and that's so rewarding to us to see to see them accomplish these things. And and it's just this like exponential build on their personality and they, you know, they continue to grow and grow and grow and grow. Well, so there's, there's but, a thing that we've almost said in every employee meeting ever. This is like a big thing for me is I want every one of our staff members to either move up or sideways, never back down. Yeah. And if that's following your own dream, opening your own bar or whatever it is, it's like, just don't go back to that day job you hated, you mm-hmm. know, like, yeah. Or don't just, don't stay. We we don't ever expect anybody to to be like a lifer with us, you know, because that to me, I look at that like, what did we do wrong? If we haven't like also built them as a person as well, and like made sure that they're they're evolving as a person, not not just as an employee, because you know, we kind of look at it like we're like a farm league coach, you know, we're we're gonna give you these skills that you can go on and use to open up your own place or manage your own place or whatever it is, you know, become a brand ambassador. We, you know, the time at, at three eight, I look back on, on the staff that I had there and the majority of them have gone on to open up incredible places. And that's what we want to do here. We want to give all these kids this skill set that we were given to follow their dreams. Nobody's like, what do you want to do with your life? And that's the thing that we always ask in our meetings with people. We're like, how are you doing? And 
what's your what's your goal? You know, it, no one's goal is like, well, I want to be a server at, at Pearl Diver for the next 20 years. Like, Why not, though? I mean, I, I see. So that's the thing. Like if you're but that's what you're saying right. is very intentional. Mm-hmm. You want to do is you want people to come in. You want to train them. You want them to be really enthusiastic about it. Mm-hmm. Then you want them to be continually get better and then go on to run their own bar open their own thing so, i mean it would be it'd be different if we were like a if we were like a really huge franchise and we were like okay you know work up through these these bottom rungs in our company and maybe we'll give you an opportunity to manage the one in dubai or yeah, whatever we, we it is, only have know? we only have so much room for somebody to grow yeah we're a mom and okay, pop well, that's, so that's it's a- like if we're going to build you up to this amazing beast because we expect this higher level out of you it's silly to think that once you've obtained that, that you're going to just stay at our mom and pop. Well, I think that's what Benjamin and Max Goldberg are doing, you know, with right. Josh Habiger and, yeah. and you look at mm-hmm. all the things that they're doing. They're, they're bringing on the kisser right now. And, yep. um, Julia Sullivan mm-hmm. worked yep. for them. And then yep. there are people that were going to move on. I don't have a place, but we'll partner with you and you get your own place. Right. Do you guys see that as something in your future? And you have these badasses that want to do their own thing. Like, Hey, look, we'll back you operationally. And you I, go be creative? Uh, you know, if we get to that point financially, yeah. 100%. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we already have one of our kids is opening up uh, Beginner's Luck. Um, so he, he started with us, Chase. And uh, we're going to help him out with whatever little things we can. Yeah. Um, I mean, and we're also in the middle right now of building out our, our second concept uh, with our partnership. And What is that? It's called Tiger Bar. Tiger uh, bar. Where's yeah, that there's a whole be? lot to go into. About it was that. the old Walden space. It was Hopsmith or what was it? Was it not Hopsmith, but uh, Hopstop. Hopstop. And then it was Walden. It's next to Mickey's and the Fox. Okay. Um, but to be honest, I always thought it was like such a perfect location. And the fact that nobody's nailed it is like, it's like a, a proving grounds thing that we're going to go in and nail it. Yeah. Yeah. We it, have, it, have to. It's got know? this like doom. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it seems like it was like built on ancient burial, Indian burial grounds or something. You know, it's about like, we're going to go get it. No, that's so awesome. Well, I, I just, I look at the industry in this staffing issue, right, that we're having, and there's a lot of debate around it as to where, where is everybody? And I'm like, well, they don't want to work for assholes and they don't want to go work at Ruby Tuesday and make the 213 and work their ass off to have some guy yell at them. Like it's not a fun place, but I have this dream that restaurants need to be a place that you can retire from. Yeah, I think that for sure. we need to put the infrastructure around hiring people, offering the right benefits to where I could work here for 20, 30 years mm-hmm. and make a really good living at doing it. Yeah. Bill, I mean, it's so many people in this industry that have the spirit of service. This is their life. This is their community. These are the people that they go. This is the, they go to work to see the same people every day. Especially if you work in a community restaurant where you see people in your neighborhood come in a lot. I could see working there for twenty years and yeah. retiring from there, building up a four hundred one k and going. And I want to have like celebrations when Bob the dishwasher who spent however long. That's just what he wants to do, and I'm happy doing it. I come to work every day. I clock in and do my job. But I want to celebrate those things. Yep. And I don't know. I always feel like if you're going to invest that much time and energy into training, and it's fucking expensive yep. to spend that much time and energy to somebody, to then just, they're just gone. Like, yeah. man, I really, if we could harness that somehow to help us grow, you could take over the world. You could. I mean, the there is a problem, though, with the, I understand the frustration with the hiring, and I know Jamie does, too. There are two very different 
types of people that are in our industry that are looking for jobs, especially coming out of the pandemic. There is one that they're like puddle jumpers. They're, they could, they could be great at their job, but their whole thing is like, they're going to go and join the opening staff of every new spot that is ever opened. And we are at a very interesting reflection point in the hospitality industry's history here in Nashville, being that we've got a ton of big city money coming in, mm-hmm. opening up a lot of hotel spots, opening up a lot of very expensive build-out joints because there's a lot more money coming into the city now. So one of the, the most difficult things is being able to curate a, that relationship with someone who wants to work and wants to do a good job, but it's not someone who's just going to dip out because they're like, well, they're making a whole lot more money down at Jay-Z's new steak and shake <laughs> spot on Broadway, you know, and you're like, I mean, it's, it's and so it happens true. all the time. Uh, yeah, that, I mean, well, when you get pro, Bart, those guys downtown, that is that is a marathon, man. That, I'm yeah, for imp- sure. I am blown away for that sure. that happens in our city. Oh, uh, it's insane. You go downtown, you go to Broadway on a Friday night, and at 11 o'clock at night, there's a line outside of Honky Dunk Central. It's 100 yards long. And you go, if I'm a bartender in that building, from 7 o'clock until 2 o'clock in the morning, I'm three deep with no break. None. Whole day. Sure. I mean, that is balls to the wall. I mean, how do you do that? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a whole other beast. That, I mean, that's, that's just, just that's yeah. speed volume bartending. Yeah, yeah. The The we're more on the other side of like, you know, the craft side of it. So, but there's, there's more craft coming into town is what I'm saying. And it's, it's okay. at an elevated volume. It's at, it's, it's like at an elevated level of not saying that's different than ours, but the, the money that is being spent at these places. So like you could go it's work attractive for somebody to go work. Spots. There. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to make 800 bucks, but a night, but it's like, you're going to, Nashville's one of those weird places. <laughs> you could literally open up a fucking, a melting hot dog stand and make a ton of money for this first six months because everybody wants to go and check it out. You know, what's going to stick around for two years? What's going to stick is around it sustainable? Right. 100%. Is your goal to be around for six months, pillage as much as you possibly can, and then burn the place down, take the insurance money and run. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's the, what's I mean, been so funny about staff with, uh, on my end, especially with the puddle jumper per se yeah. people is like, they're always at the new spot. They always want the most money, but it's so funny. I'll, I'll go to the new opening and I see the same guy always at every brand new opening. Same dude. It's like, Hey dude, when are you going to hire me? And it's like, yep. I'm not going to hire you. Uh, exactly. And then, then I get the check and almost everything was for, for free. Yeah. And you're like, don't do that all the time. You know, he's only going to work there for two months. <laughs> he's uh-huh. going to go do the first two months, make all that cash. And it's like, no, I don't, I don't want that as an employee. So I think there's a middle ground yep. uh, in, in, all there's a, eyes. there's a lesson in there, by the there way, really is. you just was a master class right there. Mm-hmm. If you're hiring, yeah. like what to do, that was brilliant. Yeah. We, we literally skip by people's resumes that have like, when you see where they've been for the last two years and there's eight different places you've been in the last two years, we're like, what Where's it can only, you know, only so many of those spots could be because you didn't like the way it was run, you know, which is a natural thing, you know, feeling it out. But yeah, but it also comes down to this thing. I, I just been reading all these interviews about the new hiring process. And after the pandemic, a lot of people just wanting to do whatever they want. They had yeah. all this time off. They want to do what they want. They want to feel very comfortable with that. And I understand that. I get that part. Um, but there is a you versus me thing where if you've had 13 jobs in two years, was Maybe it your, it's you. Was it, was it yeah. 13 of your employees or employers or was it you? 
I, that's, exactly. where, that's where mirrors are handy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You put that mirror, look in the mirror and start thinking about this. And, you yeah. know, I've, I've got a, a couple friends that, you know, right now they want to work at three different jobs so they don't get tired out by one. It's no more or less money. It's just more exciting for them. I was like, why don't you get really good at one job instead of okay at these three? But that's a new mentality today that I don't understand. I mean, it, it, mm. it's understandable, though, because you come out, you go into the pandemic. I mean, our industry, pandemic hit, and we were all like, shit. There's the a lot of that. It's like, what am I going to do? Yeah. I, you know, without running a bar, without doing that, which is like, occupied the last 24 years of my life what would i do if if i had this got turned upside down and so then you saw people go well i'm going to start my own jewelry company i'm going to make earrings i'm going to do this i'm going to do that real estate and i think that that did open up a lot of people's minds as, as to that idea that i don't have to do this one thing or the other but it also at the same time a lot of the people we're getting now from interviews have already it's enough time has gone by that they're like okay so I had my homemade earring company and I need a fucking job. <laughs> and you're like, All no, right. it's, it's a real thing. Like, especially if you have a consistent source of income, you're busy and you're doing the right thing and you're treating people the right way. The grass always looks, I learned this the other day that, you know, the way that blades of grass grow, your neighbor looking at your, if you walk it, if you look at your yard from your neighbor's house, your grass always looks greener from an angle. If you look at it directly on, it doesn't look as green. Like that's a real it's like thing. Like one of those shag carpets you push one like, way or the other. Yeah, <laughs> but like grass looks greener from the right or the okay. left. Yeah, so it's a literal. Uh, so it's like a little like awesome. the grass is always greener yeah. from somewhere else. But I get so many people that are like, "Dude, I only make thirty. I average thirty-seven dollars an hour," and I'm like, "That's like that's pretty good." He's like, yeah. "I need to make more money," and I go, "We well, need to work more hours." Yeah, you only work twelve hours a week. Yeah. We got you can work forty and make seventy k. Yeah. yeah, but they're like, well, no, you guys are. I'm going downtown and make a thousand dollars a night, and I go, by all means. Yeah, if you want to go find a place to park, get there, and then just get your ass handed to you by tourists who don't give a fuck about you mm-hmm. or or the establishment. People that don't respect the place that you're in, yep. that just do not care. They're there to get wasted. They don't care if the drink is good. They don't care if and if it. You know, the probably you probably get tourists that come in that want a daiquiri and they go. This isn't what I want. I right. want I want the shitty stuff. Yeah. You're like, no, no. That's- Would you rather make a thousand dollars a night and spend two hundred dollars a day on therapy? <laughs> that, and, you know, like, no thanks. Ninety nine percent of the time, well, they like, come back and they and go, yeah, it wasn't it. Sustainability is the is the name of the game too. You know, we our staff does well, and they consistently do well, and they get treated well, and they all work well together. We don't allow any like inner turmoil the factions that build up within the industry you know like front of the house versus back of house no the server doesn't like we don't let that happen there it it is somewhat of a family mentality like our staff are and i this happens in most jobs that you work where you become friends with your staff but it's like extra at ours Mm -hmm. i mean they're throwing parties together yeah, we were in New Orleans, and they were, like, messaging on a group thread that one of the people just got a job there, and they're like, I just wanted to say thanks to everybody that's working here, you know, and been showing me the ropes. I'm going to invite you guys all over for, for brunch and all this stuff. It's like, and it's healthy. We don't, we're not looking at each other going, oh, crap, no one's going to make it to work. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, it's no. good. Uh, you know, and I see my friends that, you know, take a break from the cocktail world or anything and go downtown. I mean, they age, like, 10 years in, a, in six months. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like pretty quick burnout. Like it's rate. like a, it's like a presidency. <laughs> like it's crazy. I I yeah yeah. I I went down. I had a cousin in town from California, and we were working. And I said, "Do you 
he's like, hey, we, went, we went to see Bill Burr at uh, the arena. And after the show was out, he's like, can we just go walk around? I'm like, yeah, dude, like, let, let's go. I don't drink. So like, ah, it's not really my scene. I'm also 43 years old and married kids. Like, 43 you're a pup i know right but it's definitely not my scene How like am I always the oldest person ever jason aldean's yeah. you know like that is nothing so for me it's, it's really funny that you, i used to love broadway yeah well i grew yeah, up here broadway i mean I, I grew up here too i was 16 years old cruising second avenue i mean we used to go second cruise avenue second was avenue was, was, was the spot it man was where it was at. graham central station yep spaghetti factory when i was a kid i mean I that was the old uh, market street pub yeah the market I, street right there it was so, amazing uh, mulligans i mean so mulligans was we great. just the had, darts in the back at mulligans I mean, shit that was the we spot. just had uh one of the world's best bars two schmucks from spain do a pop-up at pearl diver uh, a couple sundays ago and uh super fun the next day they go hey i want to go out saturday night we go all over town i mean every every one of my favorite cocktail bars dive bars it was great um, and they go, and everywhere was kind of dead at the time. So I was like, oh, it's weird. Saturday night, kind of dead. Maybe it's early. And they go, we want to go see the the Broadway. And there, you know, there there's a person from France, a person from Spain, UK, like all from all from out of the country. And they're like, yeah, let's go see the bowls and whatever. I was like, oh, there's no bowls, but uh, <laughs> so I think they're like the ones in the in the <laughs> yeah. that you can ride, right? Yeah, that a thing. So you got to take a wild beaver. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> is there one there? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I don't. Awesome. I don't know. Awesome. So <laughs> it's awesome. it's, fun. it's awesome. You know, it's fun to I'll, watch I'll people do it. I imagine everybody always needs like a night maybe to see Broadway. Maybe maybe a night to just see it. But it was a Saturday night, and I have just never seen our city like that. And it was one of those things where all night long we're going to all these nice cocktail bars. You're like, oh, your city's so pretty. Uh, all the people are beautiful. And then you go down there, and you're in the middle of Walmart, basically. Oh man, <laughs> it's like girls gone wild. <laughs> like just, go, I mean, it's crazy. And yeah. they're like, "This is," and like they're Vegas. from Barcelona on on a very busy street. Like their their bars on a super the, one of the busiest streets in Barcelona. And they're like, "I've never seen anything like this in the world." And they're like, "This is gross." And yeah. and we wait. I've never had a wait in line to go to Roberts before, and it's like. There's a line to get in a Robert, and I was like, everything's weird now. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> no. I mean, that's. I went down there. Uh, I went and saw Jack White at the at Ascend. I love Ascend Amphitheater, by the yeah. way. I think oh, that's yeah, just a, a it's the Starwood spot. is gone. It's nice to have a grass you can no, kind of walk around. It's a great spot. But you leave there and you're just walking down the middle of the street of Broadway. You're like, what fucking city is this? Because yeah. this is not the Nashville that I grew. And it's just people coming to town to get fucking wasted like blackout drunk yep. hook up and then leave yeah we actually had a had a pretty good meeting with the mayor about some of that stuff and it's like don't get me wrong broadway's a historic spot it's it's a it's such an important part of nashville and its history and a lot of the bars our friends work at some of them own them like sure i mean if i'm if, he knows if I'm if you're gonna get me down on Broadway because I'm somewhat of an introvert and don't really go out very often anymore. <laughs> if I'm going to Broadway, I'm gonna meet you at Roberts, and when you're gonna go somewhere else, I'm gonna say I'll meet you back. Roberts here. or Layla's? I'll go to yeah, I'll go to Roberts, Roberts or Layla's. Layla's. I'll exactly. go to either of those two, Same. and that's about that is it. Yeah. Well, that's it. Needless to say, it was. I'll never and go this to is the again. Biggest thing we've been talking about, you know, with the mayor, different things is it's like the first time, like somewhat embarrassed by Nashville. You're going to get to hear exactly what Jamie means by that right after these words from our sponsors. We absolutely love partnering with Sharpier's Bakery. Aaron Moso has been selling bread, fresh baked bread, to locally owned and operated restaurants six days a week 
for 36 years. Yes, her father started the company 36 years ago and Aaron took it over uh, five years ago and it is doing amazing things. I have so many guests that come in the studio that are like, I love Sharpiers. They save me so much time and the bread is so good. So we, uh, we've got round buns, specialty round buns, dinner rolls, hoagies, baguettes. They do cheesecake. They do flourless chocolate torts. They do specially loaf breads and regular loaf breads and boulies. Boulies? B-O-U-L-E-S? Sourdough, long Tuscan, wheat, multigrain. They got everything. You should go check them out at sharpies.com. That is sharpies, C-H-A-R-P-I-E-R-S.com. Or... You should give them a call at 615-356-0872. Supporting local is so damn important. And Aaron Moso and all of our friends over at Sharpie's Bakery do that daily. Give her a call right now. I think one of the most overlooked things that you can do on a P&L, which is your profit and loss statement, is dish machine and chemicals. It's just one of those things you don't focus on until it's too late. Let Jason Ellis from Supersource come in and do an audit of what you're currently doing and why you're doing it. His number is 771-337-1143. We believe here at Nash Restaurant Radio that every single thing that you do should be done intentionally in a restaurant and allowing some company to come in and just fix your dish machine without you knowing what's really happening is exactly what we're talking about. The thing Jason does the best is he can help educate you on exactly what's going on with all of your dish machines and chemicals. He can do staff trainings to understand why you're using what you're using, again, to be intentional. They don't make you sign any type of contract. They are week to week and can get you a brand new dish machine with three free months of dish machine rental. You need to check them out. Go to NashvilleRestaurantRadio.com, click the Sponsors tab, and then you will see super source click that tab for a special or give jason ellis a call at 770-337-1143 did you know the number one cause of methane or greenhouse gases in landfills is your food waste restaurants waste so much food all the food people don't eat all of the scraps that come from all of your prep it all gets put in a dumpster and then gets buried in a landfill and as it decomposes creates methane gas Well, thank God Jeffrey Ezel and his brother Clay have come up with the compost company. You can now compost your food waste. They take it to their farm. They create organic soil out of it. They then sell that to Whole Foods as well as local farmers and landscapers. So it's literally coming full circle in your community. If you're a restaurant owner or manager, you need to be calling Jeffrey Ezel at 615-866-8152 and they will set you up with the green bags and the green trash cans that they will come empty twice a week. If you work in a restaurant and you would love to have this option, instead of putting food into a trash can, you can start composting. Tell your manager to call Jeffrey Ezel. That's 615-866-8152 or follow him at The Compost Company on Instagram. You know, like... What's it, happening there on that exactly, six blocks? Exactly. Because yeah. I just went to literally some of the most beautiful bars in our city and no one was there. That's one of the reasons why I started this podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I used to, I used to, I had a heart surgery and I started driving Uber I told my wife, my dad was driving over, he's retired, and he was telling me stories, and I was like, that sounds like a lot of fun. I want to do it. So that's why I had this bill, and I said, honey, I want to pay for this. She let me do it, but I would drive people. I'd pick people at the airport, and they would be like, woo, we're in Nashville. And I would go, yeah, this is awesome. I'd love to tell you about Pelican and Pig and all these other restaurants. Right. Go to East Nashville when you want to eat, or go to the, you know, I talk about the Nations, or go to Germantown. What's good on Broadway? I go, Nothing. 
go go to the farmhouse or etch or something. Yeah. Do not eat on Bravo. I mean, maybe you can go merchants, but like, right. there's there's don't don't go get barbecue there. Go get barbecue somewhere yeah. else. Uh, Shotgun Willie's is fantastic. Just go to East Nashville to eat, and then go to Broadway to do your blackout drunk stuff, because. A hundred percent. Yeah, I would well, just love to see less not like a, less of the the Nash Vegas mentality. You know, it, this we're we're losing the it, the cultural fabric that made Nashville really special from when I came when I moved here. Well, when did you? How long have you lived here? I moved here in two thousand nine. Okay, so you, I mean you've I've been here for a while. Been here for oh, a while. Yeah. yeah, I grew up here. So and I moved from New York City. So there was like I you know was no stranger to seeing. The, the full spectrum of hospitality and, and what it offers. And I was really excited about a lot of the, the slower Southern aspects of it. And I just feel like over the years, a lot of that's just been kind of bled out and commercialized uh, for the sake of capitalizing on a ton of, ton of, you know, tourism. But there, and, but there is still a fantastic nucleus. There is of locally owned and operated restaurants yeah, in yep, Nashville, and they don't that don't get enough credit. Crush it! Well, that the, just you know, crush is, it. This is the weirdest thing that we brought up, you know, in some some of those mayor meetings. Is like the average tourist now comes to Nashville for four days. Back in the day, they would go, and um, this is when Husk was the option and Lachlan Table, three hundred eight for drinks, Patterson House. And then they would go spend one day on Broadway. Now that tourist is coming here for four days and staying four days on Broadway. The difference is we can advertise to those people, but we don't want those people in our place anyway. So, like, we're kind of at a catch-22. That's a we... good point. Yeah, they come down and they use, our, they use the entire city like a toilet bowl. That's what I was saying. They don't, give, they don't respect the establishments at all. It's just yeah. a – and they come into your place and – well, there's, we're luckily the just far we enough. Here. We're actually really fortunate in being far enough away from downtown that it, you have to kind of, you're making a point to come and see us. And I mean, knock on wood, but we've been open four years. We don't have fights. No one, you know, gets accosted. Uh, I, I take great pride in the fact that a lot of groups of women feel it's one of their very few comfortable spots where they can go and hang out without, you know, having some guy berate them and like all this stuff. It's a very comfortable spot for everybody of all ages. And it's all very vibey. And that's important. For in a, all, in all a ages good over way. 21. All ages over 21. <laughs> all ages over 21. You can so, bring your dog if I like it. <laughs> I think that's a good segue. I would love to, I don't know why my camera just zoomed out on you guys. I'm like, you're fuzzy now. Let's walk through it. Let's walk through a Pearl Diver experience. Yeah, sure. Cause sure. I told you I've, I've walked in there one time, um, I was at, I think it was at Pelican and Pig or something. That's right next door, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And, I was, and I walked in just to kind of check it because I've never been. I was like, I just yep. want to walk in and, and see it. For sure. And it's beautiful. And the cabana's out Thank back. You. And I was like, this is really cool. Like, I yep. would want to hang here if I walk in. So let's just let's just walk through the experience. I'm, I live in East Nashville. I've never been there before. And I, or I don't live in East Nashville. I just want to go check it out. Um, I walk in the front door. Do I have to have a reservation? You, you can, but you don't have to. I don't have to. Not at all. Is it where? Where? How do you do reservations? There's open table. Is it talk? Uh, we is talk. We're on talk. Okay, you're on talk. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So you go to talk. You make the reservation. You walk in. Hey, yeah, we have a reservation for two. Or can you? And you can. Can you rent a cabana out back? Yeah. So those yeah. are on our talk. Um, it's one of our experiences. Yeah. Okay. Um, so there's two different cabanas to choose from depending on your group size, um, and those are the only tables that we have a minimum at. Besides that, everything's good to go. Okay. 
So when I sit down, I'm going to give a, I'm given a menu. Correct. I don't really know a lot about cocktails. Do you guys do? Everybody's versed in yeah. educating you on what you For might sure. like, and oh, yeah. so I don't need to feel intimidated by the fact that this is the number eight best cocktail bar in America. No, yeah. no. I can I just mean, walk in and. I think we did an even good job. Like, so our menu's broken down to classics to our signatures, but there's even little pictures of what glassware it comes in because. Lord knows people will freak out about what type of glass a uh, man is using. Yeah, guys get real, <laughs> real insecure. About I don't want glassware. a martini glass. <laughs> yeah. Is that the weirdest thing? It's yeah. So I mean, we weird. used to laugh about it. We, we were like, I mean, because we dealt with that a lot at 308. It was like, can I get in a more manly glass? And I just always want to carry like a, a big titty mug and like, here's your, here's your, <laughs> here's your bacon straw. You know, it's like, come on, buddy. I, I swear anytime a man would ask for a different glass for that reason and not specify, I gave him the more. Yeah. If there's such thing as a more the twisty glass straw like, and the yeah. whole thing, yeah. you're like they're like, "Whoa, we said a different glass." I go, "This is a different glass." <laughs> yeah, the mar- the martini one always cracks me up as like a cocktail nerd. Cause I'm like, they're like, "Ah, can I get something more manly?" And you're like, "Little do you know how incredibly sexist the martini glass was by nature." Like this was a drink that you know you look back to men. the fifties. You, you would never, yeah, a woman's like, "I want a cocktail." You're like you can have a Tom Collins and you'll be happy about it. And it's like the guy's like, "Well, I'm gonna have a three martini lunch." Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's, so it's like, and this such James a Bond. I mean, this what fucking James Bond drinks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Literally, coops like based off of like king's chalices. Like <laughs> yep. these weren't for men. <laughs> like, yeah, the coop was designed to be the shape of a titty. <laughs> like, <laughs> name a more masculine cocktail. That is you know? so funny. But it, it's all bullshit. So, but yes, to go back to your question. The our staff make it very comfortable and very approachable, and so does the menu. You know, you sit down and you can you can have a drink if you want. Don't have to have one either. We have great food. We have great ambiance. We have a great spot for you and your friends just to chill out. Let's talk about your food because I looked at the menu. Yep, and it makes sense now. It didn't make sense to me before we had talked. Yeah, I looked at it. I'm like, okay, so he's got some Cuban influence, some Asian influence, some South American influence. Mm -hmm. God, they're all over the place with this thing. Sugarcane and agave. Sugarcane and agave. But now I see now, like it works. Yep. Okay, so the that's. The menu's based upon your travels. Yep. Mm-hmm. Amazing food that you've had over your travels, and you kind of brought it back. Yep. And Everything it's also is become good. kind of one of the coolest sharing spots because since there is so much different things to hit, I mean, a, a table orders a lot. You have the poo-poo platter, too. Yeah, exactly. yeah buddy. I mean, that's... I looked, I was like, that's what I would get right there. I had there. to have that on there. I mean, I, it's a lot. It's a big undertaking, but that was one of my favorite memories as a kid. You know, on our birthday growing up, it was like the kids got to choose where they wanted to go for the birthday, and... I was always like, I want to go get Chinese food. I love Chinese food, and it's like August Moon yeah. in Bellevue was my spot when I was a kid. Yeah, nice. I uh, I missed the Tishin feast at uh, Omni Hut so bad. There's uh, not a birthday that goes by now that I don't wish it was still Omni open. Hut. I know it was great. All <laughs> oh, the reminiscing days oh, of yeah. being so good, young and free and innocent, and but yeah, there's a volcano bowl. We got a good good amount of food for people that want to try some different stuff, and it just kind of makes sense with with the area, you know. Uh, and we we try to carry that aesthetic that comes through from just the drinks into the food, and then also into the decor as well. You know, uh, it, we the four of us did this together. We don't have we didn't hire an architect to or a designer to do anything. The, we literally got out the hammers and the tape measures and the buckets of paint, and we did it ourselves. Uh, and something that we take a lot of pride in, for sure. Yeah. Where do you source your sugar cane? 
Like where do you where do you you said pineapples you get uh, these where do you where do you, who are your vendors who do you guys buy from I like to shout people out we actually cannot get those from vendors we go around mm-hmm. and shop for some of that shit all day yeah or uh, we have another partner his name's Corey um, he shops a lot he's probably shopping right now that's why he's hello not here. Corey uh, <laughs> he's probably listening to the car uh, button every <laughs> every Mexican mart uh, all the K and S's yeah K&S you guys familiar with K and S markets uh, oh, yeah, yeah that's our mean, that's our big sugar cane spot and then we've got you know over time like was it a uh, fresh market as well. Uh, there's a couple spots that we start to kind of establish a relationship with. They'll call like, us, hey man, let us know when they get in. Um, yeah. But we have we have a lot of products like that. You know, uh, some bulk stuff we can get through Creation, through uh, GFS. But for the most part, everything. Do you guys for- use GFS and Creation? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hell yeah! Yeah. yeah. Hey, it's two of my the GFS is my title sponsor. Oh nice, awesome. they're amazing people. You guys yeah. say positive things yeah. about them, please. I mean. Positive things, GFS. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're awesome. Yeah, uh, they're great. And Creation also, they're mm-hmm. a sponsor yeah. of the show too. Awesome. They just make it, I mean, Creation specifically too makes it so much easier on, on Corey and, and those ordering to be able to yeah. do that on the fly, you know. Creation for their cocktails is, is huge, but like, mm-hmm. again, we use so many weird things. It is the two, three times a week going to a, the Mexican Marts, the K&S's, because um, it's not really products we need in bulk as well. It's just kind of smaller quantities. So. You know, I haven't talked about KNS Market on this it's show. Great. That's one of those spots that makes us so happy when we go to do our menu. <laughs> yeah. Jamie and I are like, it's time to do a new menu. It's like, oh, Let's go to KNS, and spot. we just walk up and down the aisles. We're like, what the hell is this? Thing? I know, right? Let's buy two of these. What is Gailon Chinese broccoli? <laughs> yeah. Oh, let's try that shit. Yeah. Uh, there's, so I'm going to let people in on this. I think we should let people in on what KNS Market is, because if you ever want Please, to meet chefs. they're not doing well. If you want to meet chefs, that's where they yeah. are. Yeah, that's that's where <laughs> chefs are. Yeah. And are the, you, d- the difference between the two as well, which is a really important thing for people to understand. There's one on Nolansville Road, and the one on Nolansville Road is the original, mm-hmm. yep. and it is funky. You walk in, and it smells. It's, it's a, My wife gets terrified to go in there every time because she's like, I swear, every time we walk in, that's when the guy's clubbing the fish. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They have live tilapia, live eel. Sometimes you'll get there blue and there's crab. blue crab. You'll yeah. get, you never know what they're going to have. Yep. They're like, hey, look, we got in crawfish today. You're like, sweet, I'll buy, give me five pounds of whatever it is. Like You can just get anything. But their produce selection is beyond like you're yeah. gonna find stuff there that you, you got jackfruit i got we can go buy jackfruit jack tomorrow you know yeah. you can do there's so many different things they have there plus every single possible thing you can imagine that you just can't find it it's like the kroger world aisle that they have but it's yeah. like 25 aisles yeah, each aisle is a different world yeah it yeah. is it's incredible and so there's one on charlotte there, oh, there's one on um nolensville mm-hmm. it's kind of the og yep Yep. You go there, and the produce section is smaller. Mm-hmm. Then you go to the one on Charlotte, which used to be the old Kroger. If you didn't know the little turn-in on how to get there, and you go up this little hill, oh yeah, and there's never, like, the parking lot's not full. Like, there's not a lot of people there. But that one is, it's I, I call it nicer. It's nicer. It's definitely, it's definitely where I think that they've put the majority of their focus because it, it definitely has, I would say, threefold the amount of produce uh, pro- every, everything well they're also clearly supplying every restaurant around it yep. because that is the international oh yeah block. Corey oh, yeah. makes a point of having to go to KNS way more than he needs to because he gets to go to Lucky Bamboo because oh. <laughs> it's right next door or Viet or Fo's can, right Viet there Can yeah. Gang yeah I mean yeah. and then it's cheap Mm-hmm. Like the pricing is yeah. really good. It's you can great. go to Whole Foods or any of these other places and buy the exact same stuff and spend three times as much. So Canis has the most amazing produce selection. It's really inexpensive. If you want to buy a cow head, 
Mm-hmm. You can yeah. go to KNS Market yeah. if you want to. Like, where do I buy a, a beef tongue? Yeah. Like a whole tongue. Well, you yeah. can just go there. They'll cut it out of the cow's mouth from the head that they've got. It, some of the yep. shit. If you just go want to walk around and see some cool we're, stuff, we're kind of ridiculously versed in that stuff because I'm like thinking, my, you're saying Captain, I'm like, mm, nah, see, I'd go to a Mexican market. I have a couple over there. <laughs> there's there's one on uh, Harding over near the San San Luis Taqueria spot. That that's where you're going to get your cow tongue. <laughs> like, we, we, why yeah. do I know these things? <laughs> well, I knew these things because I worked for Creation Gardens. Yeah. So I was the original managing partner for Creation Gardens back in 2005. Holy shit, that's awesome. Yeah, I kind of started it here in town. And um, thank you. Well, their only facility that was in Louisville. So Louisville was the main, and then a truck drove down every day. I met that truck off Long Hollow Pike um, in my little my little Creation Gardens van. We pulled the truck up, and I had three local trucks. We parked behind another market that let us park our trucks there. We'd meet ass end to ass end with a put a pallet transfer jack in between the two. We would hand stack the pallets on each individual truck at five o'clock. The drivers would go. We had Nextel walkie-talkies, so Hell I talked yeah. to the, hey, Brandon, I'm over here at Stony River, and they, they we don't got no asparagus on the truck. And I'm like, all right, I'll go take care of it. Well, then I had to go find 11 pounds of asparagus because they shorted me from Louisville, whatever it was. Right. I didn't have a warehouse. Yeah. So I had to start getting creative. So I would go to KNS and I would go to Costco, and I would go to all these different places, but I would smoke in mirrors. Yeah, I got that for you, chef, no problem. And then I would just go buy it. So yeah. when Whole Foods opened in green hills that was like the greatest day of my life because well now i can go buy fiddlehead ferns Mm -hmm. and i can get chanterelle mushrooms and everything just when somebody needs a pound of chanterelles like no problem i got you and i'll just go there and buy it and take it to them and it was like a whole i hustled man i was working my ass off but i was at kns market all the time and i would see every day like hey chef what's going on what are you doing here hey if you bought from me i'd come get it for you and like no shit and that's how we, we did it. We talk about that still with Corey because we're always trying to find a way to eliminate the amount of quote unquote hopscotching that he has to do all the time. And it was just like, I'm still surprised to this day that there isn't somebody who's a comp- made a company out of asking all of the different chefs around town and bars, what do you need? And I'll make your run to Restaurant Depot. You know, because we all know that no one wants to stay in line at Restaurant Depot. For, it's, on, it's on Uber Eats now. Or, uh, uh, Instacart. Did they do it? It's on Instacart. Oh, yeah. Restaurant Depot is on Instacart. Wow. That's cool. I've always, Restaurant Depot's always scared the shit out of me. Yep. Um, for a number of reasons, but one is I just see people putting 400 pounds of raw chicken in their car on a 100 degree day and driving 45 <laughs> wow. minutes and I go, that shit's just not <laughs> safe. Like, don't do that. They're also not consistent. I wish they were. They, they definitely were a lot better in years past, but now it's, you know, you don't know. I, if they're going to have the things that they used to have and you can't call them up and there's no catalog. So you just show up and you're like, no, nah, we don't got it. Like, yeah, great. I thought I drove all the way down here. Yeah. Traffic. I, and- need, I need eight clam cells of mint and you were my saving grace. And now I'm screwed. I ordered yeah. s- speaking of, I like, like how I just plugged them on Instacart, but I ordered six <laughs> things from Instacart at, for Lucky's yesterday. And the driver gets there. And I go, they don't have one of these things here that you sent me here for. I was like, that's a bummer. I was like, hey, at least you went and figured it out, and I didn't have to. That's why you go to KNS. <laughs> yeah. I swear to God, they're, they're the they got most it. consistent yeah. place. You should have seen, though, the first time that when we were getting ready to open Pearl, and we made our first initial bar run, and we showed up, and we're like, we, we're going to need that sugar cane. <laughs> and they're like, how much of it? We're like, all, all, all of it. it. <laughs> and they're like, 
what what are these two white guys need with with sugarcane and we're they're like pull the, pull your car off back so like there we are loading like bundles upon bundles into like our car and just loading this little sedan up with with tons of sugarcane we're driving back right hope there's no bugs they're just like see uh crazy oh, guys when we left we were like can we get some more of this next week? And they're like, no. <laughs> that was our year supply. Yeah, that, was, that was what we got, man. We negotiated. You just took it all. I was that way. I was, um, I was like a local celebrity for like cashiers at grocery oh, stores because yeah. I'd walk in like I need. I'm getting these uh, 300 pounds of avocados, and I'm mm-hmm. putting. I got I got a pallet of strawberries in the back. She's like, oh, what? What are you gonna do with all those strawberries? My favorite comment. They go, what are you gonna do with all That's this stuff? That's Corey's biggest nightmare. He deals with it all the time. This is always. There's always somebody in the checkout line. They're like, what you gonna do with all them pineapples? <laughs> and he's so like, I, making, I, I, making I, drinks. Well, no, I tell him. I go. I like to cut them up, <laughs> and I. I bathe in pineapple juice. It's good for my pores. And they look at you like you are the craziest person in the world. And it makes my day every time. Like yeah, we could hang out. I'm, uh, I'm minding my own business with them. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know, but like there's a million things, yeah. but everybody would always ask you. Cause I'm like, what are you, what are you doing with those 40 cases of mangoes? I'm like, well, they're ripe. And I just always need ripe mangoes and I saw them. So I thought I would just buy them. I'm going to send them to Louisville tomorrow and they're going to sell them back to me. Like I don't, <laughs> I'm tired of getting green mangoes. I need yeah. ripe mangoes. So I saw them and buying them. That's what I'm doing, which they always had ripe mangoes at uh, Canis market. The other secret, the other secret that I always found at Canis market, Thai basil. Oh yeah. Oh, that's, that's where we get our Thai basil. basil. That's where we get our Thai from, basil from Canis market. Yep. On point. Yeah, it actually looks right. It does. It's not like that greenish brown with the tiny little thin leaves and it's, oh, like and it's red. It's like to, and it's gone like full bloom already. <sighs> nah. No, they got the good. It's it's so there you go. Canis Market. You can sponsor the show later, but we're uh, <laughs> letting you. We're letting this is this show is about the people. We got to let the people 100%. know that Canis Market is there, and you should True. go support them. But don't go on the days we need to go. <laughs> Yeah. Don't yeah. buy the stuff we need. And I, I think that Corey is his name. Yeah. We have to, you don't look for too many solutions for Corey. I think he likes doing it. I, wow. No, you I, don't even know him and you're so on point. So. I think, I think that's like the thing he looks forward to. Cause at some point you go, I'm tired of the shit. I didn't like doing it. I had to find like, I had a lot of other things. I was the only guy in Nashville going through an economic downturn. I didn't have time to do that kind of shopping. $38,000. That's what I spent my last year. Yeah, there on just shopping stuff. Holy shit! Yeah, I think you nailed the Corey thing. I actually hope he listens to this because this is what he does. Uh, he he'll bitch and bitch and bitch, and like we pay him a little extra as a partner to go on these runs. So then we're like, all right, cool. Yeah, yeah, we'll he get loves some, it. We'll go. Cool. We'll get somebody else to do it. And no, then he, whoa, 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 whoa. Every time, dude. Like every time we're ready, like because. It'll be two months of bitch, and we're like, we'll get somebody else, and then he won't say anything for two weeks. He's like, no, I got it, I got it. And to to really put the chair at the top, you've got to understand when you're visualizing him that he speaks like Larry David. So it's like, we need to go do that right now. It's like it's absolutely ridiculous. He's like, he's like bought a car that carries all the product. He has a truck that is the truck to pest. He's like, he'll be loading stuff in, and I'll look at him and like, why the long face? And he's like. I just knocked over a five-gallon bucket of duck sauce <laughs> all over my brand-new carpet. Yeah, that's a, that, that would be a that thing sucks. to do it. I, I purposely got a smaller car. Same. Uh, <laughs> that, like, I can't. I can't go make those runs. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, I'm on, more, more, I'm Jamie, on my motorcycle. Jamie, a smart car? What is this? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm smart. Yeah. Tell me about Lucky's. Uh, so Lucky's is a bar that I'm a co-owner of in um, 
Wedgwood, Houston. Okay. Um, just a little neighborhood bar. Uh, we do hot dogs, uh, doing pretty well, and then literally just party pizza. Uh, it's awesome party pizza. We've been open for hot honey for a little hot over honey. The hot honey bar, the hot honey uh, pepperoni. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we've been li- opening up for a little over a year. Um, we won uh, best neighborhood bar last year. Uh, really upsetting some people. Yeah, I mean to be a to be like a new bar neighbors. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean specifically, yeah. specifically like <laughs> neighbors. Yeah. Um, I don't know how I knew that. And it has become the service industry hangout. Yeah. I mean, straight up. Uh, I guess it's one of few dive bars per se that has really catered to that. I've done a really good job, I think, of doing parties with the right brands and. Uh, we actually do a, a t-shirt release every week during the summer. We did 18 weeks last year and did 12 weeks this year where we do a new shirt every week and print mm. 50 of them. And it is, they sell it in the first hour. Bartenders like, just you don't have any extras laying around. I'm like, I want one. This was the last one of this season. I did it last night and it sold out in 11 minutes. Wow. So it's awesome. That's badass. It's great. Yeah. It was, it's, it's been the bartender hang for sure. Oh, you, you know what that used to be here in town? What would you say that used to be? Let's say 10 years ago. Uh, 10 years ago, it was actually 308. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, as far as a, a dive. I mean, a dive bar, yeah. If you're in East, it was three crow. Right. Um, I mean, if back at. I used to go to Sam's in the village. Sam's, Sam's in the village two, was like. Two the, for one Tuesdays. Like every night at like yeah. 11 o'clock, 1130, it was just like everybody just started coming in. Yeah. That bar was just full of chefs and bartenders I, and servers and I just people do. just going, what's up, man? Like it was just like a, like a nod, like, yeah, that, uh, here we are again. Cajun, like, Cajun pepperoni. Can't go home yet. <laughs> <laughs> you go in on a Tuesday, two for one Tuesday, Cajun pepperoni pizza and two Dude. for ones all night. And it was all service industry. That, the barbecue chicken pizza that I just remember like. I had a I, I, well, I had a condo right behind there for a while, and those pizzas I just got, they're so damn good. I just I hate what happened to Hillsborough Village. I'm I'm still I'm still salty about Hillsborough Village right now because the villager, which is still there, thank God, but yeah. like Jackson's and uh, Bosco's and Sam's, like I just I don't I remember rehearsal dinner was at uh, Sunset Grill. Sunset Grill, yeah. Get some and nachos. Like, it's just not the same thing anymore. No. Yeah, it's definitely definitely changed. Uh, it's totally different. A villager, and you know, I, I kind of like the new Belcourt, but I miss the old Belcourt. But it's still the Belcourt. The Belcourt still, still, still is doing their same yeah. thing, and I love that. Actually, there's a uh, Asian place on that road beside it called Meat Noodles. Yeah, Meat on Noodles Belcourt. Is, Meat Noodles is really good. Okay, I've never been there. Yeah, Meat good. Noodles. Yeah, M E E T. I've seen it on uh, my Uber Eats. Yeah. I have never, never ordered from Uber Eats one time in my life. Oh boy, I've never done it. I, really, uh, never done it, or any. I've never ordered food from us. My wife I, did DoorDash like, like a week ago. She's like, "This is really easy." I didn't do it until I uh, recently moved out towards like the Brentwood area, and all of a sudden the Uber Eats options were just so huge, and there's all these spots because it's like I'm kind of equidistant between like Franklin and Green Hills and Nolansville and Antioch, all these things. And so it's like the Ooh. list of options. I mean, it's it's a veritable rainbow of flavor that I have to choose from. And you're like, well, let's figure out, let's try this place. Before. It's how I fell in love with King Market. It's like, oh, oh man. man. And now we have a uh, um, a Thai San over there in Brentwood mm-hmm. too. Yeah. yeah. 
She's, wow. she's opening up a new spot in five points, I believe. Is she? I thought you were going to say she's opening a new spot every five weeks, Yeah, which is what it seems like yeah. right now. She is on fire. That's coffee shops. Yeah, it's, oh and I don't gosh. think it's going to be a Taya Sane. I think she's doing something different, but it was where the old Burger Up used to be. Oh, oh cool. really? Cool. Yeah. Well, that's a great spot for her. Oh, yeah. that'll be nice. She's one of the most authentic people uh, in the entire city unapologetic this is who i am yeah. and i love it i had her on the show we were talking i said so what do you like to eat she's like brandon no bullshit i like i like burger king she's like <laughs> i eat my food all the time but like i just like the fast food i want fast food i want mcdonald's on burger king i love a chicken sandwich it's like holy shit that's How like explaining that? somebody that doesn't work in the industry that uh most chefs when they get home what, don't cook. what they eat is cereal yeah <laughs> you know uh, people i blow up i drink whiskey cokes yeah, people are always like, what kind of fancy cocktail can you get, Jamie? He's like, uh, like a whiskey Coke. <laughs> <laughs> whiskey and Coke. It's a, there's there's not really a better combo. It's a, well, it's funny because I don't like Coca-Cola and I don't like whiskey. Yeah, give me a whiskey Coke and I will be with you all night long. See, so I never, I would never drink a whiskey Coke because I like both of those things individually. <laughs> and so I would chase, if I like was drinking, I'd, drink, I'd do a yeah. Coke back. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I would never do them together because yeah. like Red Bull and, and Jaeger... I was a heavy drinking during the Red Bull Jaeger days. Mm -hmm. Those are past us, right? Aren't they? Uh, I don't know. Jaeger is huge right now. Oh, really? They've made a really big motion to kind of dispel that bad stigma that they had. Jaeger bombs. They got in with bartender. They did the smartest thing they could probably ever do and actually get in with like craft, the the craft side of bartending. I I go through because, again, Lucky's is a huge service industry bar. I go through over a, a case of Jaeger a week. Wow. If I drink a Red Bull to this day, and I buy a case for every holiday we have at the restaurant, mm-hmm. I, I, I bring a case of Red Bull. And if I drink one, by the off chance I drink one, I, can't, I taste Jaeger in it. I can't drink a Red Bull without <laughs> going, taste, yeah. like with like recoiling from like, like yeah. PTSDs yeah. from so many nights. You'd just be like, oh, another round of Jaeger bombs? Like, oh, yeah. fuck, here we go. Like, I, I think Jaeger is the new Fernet. To, to, it's yeah. the new bartender's handshake. I, I mean, feel like I think it's a noble quest that they've gone on because it was it, the the brand itself was just so bastardized for so long with you know because terrible college situations. You know, a lot of a lot of frat boys and stuff like that. And the they did like he said that they they reached a, a moment where they kind of grabbed a hold of some of the cocktail industry that were high up and that wanted to kind of turn it back on its hold on its shoulder because at, at the beginning. It, it was a digestif. It was, you know, it was designed to be to be drank to settle the stomach yeah. and did all the thing, and then it just kind of turned into this, you know, terrible, terrible thing that happened through the eighties and <laughs> they most had of a, the nineties. And yeah, they had a they had a wonderful party at Tales of the Cocktail. Yeah, they did. Oh, they, they did. They are one of the kickoff parties. Yeah. Um, for that, and they it was really good. They did it well. They've done a good job of like kind of presenting it as uh, going about it with like a res- like responsible drinking Jaeger kind of thing, which has been cool. Not good. everybody. Plays by those rules, but you know. Yeah. Well, I like that you brought it back around to the tales of tales of the cocktail. Tales of the cocktail. Yeah, this year was the twentieth anniversary of it. That's how we started the interview. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we, we never even got into it. We've yeah. been we've been talking for an hour <laughs> and almost twenty minutes. <laughs> there you go. We do that. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. We this is crazy. I've had so much fun having you guys in here. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Here. Some of my favorite interviews are where I don't know a whole lot about. I'm just genuinely like, just. I'm so fascinated by what you guys are doing. I think it is so awesome. If you're out there listening, uh, go check them out, pearldiver.com. 
is where you can go to kind of learn about them. You can see the menu, kind of check it out at first, uh, what you'd want to do before you go anywhere. That's what people do these days. Then go to Talk, T-O-C-K, and you can make a reservation. Following you guys, social media is at Pearl Diver. Do you guys have personal socials you want to touch on? At Pearl Diver. Is there other Pearl Diver restaurants? Uh, There's, yeah, I mean, there's a Pearl Diver. do you guys want to open? I think there's a Pearl Diver at, the, you know, a bar named Pearl Diver in Australia, maybe? Yeah, it's Pearl Diver something, though. It's yeah. Like, we put Nashville because our, our goal is to eventually have a couple Pearl Divers in other yeah. cities. So, Tell me the genesis of the name Pearl Diver. I mean, I obviously know sure. what so, a Pearl Diver is, but why name a restaurant that way? Yeah. A bar. So there's a couple things. I think when we were first trying to find the perfect name, we were finding out all these older bars that were named after drinks. And uh, it was a drink that we were serving and it that really kind of tied our concept together um back in our uh the beta testing when we were doing these tiki tuesdays at 308 um he and i were putting together with our with our buddy brandon and we were putting together uh, like a 10 drink list every tuesday of of tropical concoctions that we were kind of digging through books to find to to present just like a fun tuesday night yeah and one of them was the was a pearl diver uh Beautiful drink by uh, Tiki Legend on the Beachcomber, and uh, so it's kind of funny that you know we're not a tiki bar, but the genesis of where that that conversation came from, it was there, and then we just kind of decided to to branch the the concept out into a more sustainable and more uh, appreciative and authentic spot. Awesome, but yeah, and then also there's you know we we definitely like the the idea of drawing attention to some of the uh, less attractive facts about the the way that pearl divers were were treated in Japan as well, you know, and because we're we're definitely uh, very much an equal playing field for people, and we're we're big advocates towards every rights that we are constantly doing a lot of events, like you know when everything went down right before the the pandemic um, here in town, we were you know out on the roofs built rebuilding people's roofs, and we were throwing a lot of benefits for everything and every chance that we get a chance to take uh, our position in the community and be able to give, give back. back yeah it support. sounds that way i mean that's a point for a place like yours that serves the community i mean i think that you you know i you say you live in britain i have maribel restaurant mm-hmm. you know and one of our goals or kind of our mission is we want to nourish the community mm-hmm. right so not just feed you say to you like but when you leave you feel better like you feel whole like that's i feel goal. like i came in one way and when i left I feel nourished, you know, which is everything you need to leave uh, happier than you were. And it sounds like that's kind of what you're doing. We want to do that with our community as well. For sure. Yeah. I love that about Places you Places that don't take advantage of that to help out others when they need it. I don't understand the point of it. I mean, we did a over, was it almost like 20,000 meals over wow. COVID free mm-hmm. for service industry out of work. Yeah. And I, I mean, that was more work than running the restaurant itself because I've, we were reaching out to every brand, every sponsor, <laughs> every brand, every single day being like, Hey, will you buy 200 meals with us today? Yeah. Um, and I'll give them yeah. out to our service industry in need. And I did that every day. It was yeah. five, five days a week. We did it and we did it for probably 12 weeks straight. Wow. And, and we, I mean, we, we kept, kept people fed and you know, if you're, if you're building a business, a small business in a, in a local community and you can't you take advantage do of doing that, what are you doing? Well, guys, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, I hate to end this. Cause it's okay. We'll be back for Tiger Bar later. 
Yeah. Good. I mean, I'm serious. Like, anytime you guys want to come back, I think you guys could host your own podcast. <laughs> we could talk forever. We could definitely talk forever. You should see our meetings. Yeah. Our meetings definitely run way beyond. Yeah. I think that, I, th- I, th- I think that's interesting. I think we've got a show idea here of like travels with Jamie and Ben. Like, tell us what work you've been and find yeah. other people and kind of not compare notes, but just talk about cool shit that you guys have experienced. I mean, Jamie is probably, I, I'm very fortunate in uh, not only having him as one of my best friends, but as my partners, but he's also uh, an incredible asset to travel with because he's one of those people that as soon as you touch down, he's like, hey, listen, man, I got like 400 pins places we got to go to we got to hit this place this place this place i've already contacted these people they know we're coming this is happening and sometimes i'm like because i'm the polar opposite i'm like man i just kind of i'm still stoned i just want to like take my time (laughs) walk around maybe check out the vibes he's like yeah but dude we can check out the vibes later we gotta get over here and you're like all right let's do it i mean it's it's my goal to go to every city and be like hey what are we doing good what do we need yeah and that again uh, was a big thing of when we were opening pearl was to what was Nashville missing? We weren't missing a bushwhacker, a burger, a drink in a mason jar. Uh, another a, whiskey bar. Another whiskey. You know, like there was so much shit that yep. we just keep on regurgitating. And it's like, Pearl's got to be different. Yep. It's got to be something we're missing. And to be honest, uh, like right rum now. Was we, the, there was nothing. Rum. There, there was, was no There was rum only anymore. Rumba. I don't know if you guys remember Rumba. Are you oh, kidding me? Yeah. Speedy? And Speedy. Speedy yeah. and Rumba? Yeah. The place yeah. was the shit. Yeah, yeah. it was. I love Rumba. Rumba. Owned by the people who own Jackson's yep. also. But uh, I think even, they still have one in Birmingham. But even there, they like do. they had a good rum selection, but they didn't do a lot of rum cocktails or anything. And so, you know, we were excited to do that. And I, coming off of it for me too, like uh, I had been the the U.S. rum champion, and so I got a chance to, like, learn a lot about rum, and I didn't even what? really love rum going into that. So, like, a we long had the time U.S. Ago. rum champion here the whole time, and I had no idea? Uh, but it was just, like, one of those things where you, like, learn, of, of, became of this fascination for me was, was rum, and we were, you know, we, anyways, we, there was a gap that was missing here in town, was getting people to drink rum, and it, honestly, we try to tell people all the time, whiskey drinkers are missing out on an amazing, like, side bet of of what their offerings can be because a lot of great rums can drink just like a whiskey. Yeah. You know? You got a good Panamanian rum. Oh, and yeah. You, you wouldn't, a lot of people wouldn't know. It's, you know, everybody still thinks they're going to drink a Captain or <laughs> yes. Cruisin'. You know, like there's all this stuff that you probably drink in college that yep. Malibu, that, oh. probably, that probably ruined rum for you, but uh, it is, it is so, I, I bet you if you blind taste tested, a lot of people would pick the rum over the whiskey. Yeah. I guarantee you. I bet so. I mean, and I, the culture of rum is just phenomenal. We could talk at great length about how it differs from every other spirit in the world. I mean, it's just, it does, it's got the loosest classifications, so it doesn't have, like, whiskey, it's got, you know, there's so many. filtration, Lin- the, yeah. yeah, Lincoln County method. And there's so many things, and, it, and with rum, it, there's from from country to country, island to island, village to village, all these things change, but they're still under the moniker of rum. I mean, and it's also one of the only spirits that is actually viewed in almost, and it's used in like religious practices. Really? As well. Like there are, there are, there are villages and, and tribes that like will leave rum at their door when they're having, giving birth to a child or if someone's passed or, you know, there's, there's a lot of, there's just a a beautiful history behind it. So, you know, what, you know what that that makes me think about? Never stop learning. You know, I mean, I I loved wine. I, I was a big I'm a fan wine of nerd. I love uh, it. So, I did my level one 
sommelier in 2003. Hell yeah. Been a long time. Uh, this is almost 20 years ago. Holy shit. But I first started drinking wine. I, I just cab California, New World, California cabs. And then I thought white wine was just for like, it was sweet. And that's what girls drank. That's <laughs> right. That's what I, yeah. that's what I was kind of taught as a man that there are these things men do this and women do this Such and it's like bullshit. what the fuck is that yeah, no, I guess I you, it's you, a bunch you, of insecure men trying to yeah, prolong you, some garbage theory I'm, I'm white wine all day but when yeah, I started drinking white wine and I went oh my god this is just as complex yeah. mm-hmm. there's so many different styles and it's really good like this yeah. on a hot day a good Gversamina. Gversamina or Vinho Verde or, uh, you know, Cortez de Gavi. I mean, yep. there's so many amazing grapes. You yep. go, well, these are not just New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc, but I mean, there's right. a million different drinks you can Same kind of thing. If you just think whiskey, like rum, like every day there's new things people are doing. You can never so stop many learning. different rums. It's wild. And then you, then you blend, which is the most fun part for us too, because like going back to that trip to Cuba, you know, we wanted to make these daiquiris taste the the way that they did there and these mojitos. But the problem is Havana Club in in Cuba, that Havana Club, not the one that's now been rebranded and owned by, owned by Bacardi, is, is not available in the States. So, you know, import, export, you can't have it. You can get it at duty-free shops if you're traveling out of the country, but you can't order, like we can't get it registered here and have a SKU and be able to order it so we can't serve it. That so instead, Jamie and I sit down and grab our whole pile of rums that we have available and we start blending. And really? try to get to the get to those flavors. And with rum, you get to do that with a lot of different things. But you don't you don't see a lot of people like at a bar, you know, cocktail bar, being like, "Well, we blended these three whiskeys for our for our old fashioned." But like in rum, everybody is is blending their rums to to get to flavors that that works. So. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, you know yeah, what cool. I, I really used cool. to do? I used to blend beer. Cool. I would do like a hazy IPA or something. Then I would put like a blue moon in it. Yeah. Hmm. Or I bring some kind of like super West Coast IPA and then blend it with a little bit of a East Coast or something, the yeah. juicy hazy, just to to brighten it a little bit, to yeah. take a little bit of that, the bitterness, and just add a little citrus to it or add a little bit of that. And I do that all the time. Like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, I, I, I like these two beers together taste better than just this one by itself or this one by itself, yeah. but together it brightens it up for me and i enjoy drinking it by the pool like, and you're allowed to i never yeah, thought yeah. about you that and i'm like that you can do whatever you want what i like yeah. yeah if you've got a discerning palate and a, and a high sense of creativity the world's your oyster have yeah, a good time that's the old iris thing you know you get your guinness and cider you get your snake bites your red mm-hmm. snap all that so well the final thing that we do on the show is we have the gordon food service final thought and that is where each of you get to take us out say whatever you want there's no parameters. You can I mean, literally just say whatever you want to take us out. It could be two words. It could be a thousand words. I don't really care. But the uh, the floor is yours. Be nice to each other. Yeah, that's a good one. That's it. That was Ben. Yeah. Uh, I guess we'll just do a little shameless plug on my end, but we do have Tiger Bar coming out soon by Walden, um, or where Walden was. And I don't know the exact timeline, hopefully this year. Yeah. So just, oh, broad. Also, this weekend is our four-year anniversary of Pearl Diver. So oh, Thursday through Sunday, we're gonna be partying our faces off. Ne- next weekend, not like. Tomorrow. Oh, sorry. Next weekend, yeah, eleventh through the fourteenth. Come join us. Oh, because this comes out Monday. Perfect. Uh, so that'll be coming up. So this coming weekend. Yes. Yes. 
this is the time for you to go check out Pearl Diver. Perfect. If you've made it this far in the interview, you get yeah. the you get the Easter egg. Yep. You get the pearl at the end of yes. this, which is go to this weekend having the four year celebration. And come down and hang out with Ben while Jamie's working at Lucky sometime and have a hot honey pizza because it's delicious. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. may you know what guys? I think I'm gonna come out for that. Do it. I'm gonna should. come out for that. I'm gonna try some mocktails. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna get out of my I sit at home and I'm an old guy or I'm at the restaurant. I'm gonna actually go out and do something fun in East Nashville. Fucking every time I go to East I'm Nashville, I go. I hide. <laughs> what? What? I went to a soccer game, the first soccer game the other day. Have you guys been to the soccer so, game? So yet? that Lucky's is walk to and from the soccer game. Oh, okay. Lucky's yeah. is right there. It's on range. That's amazing. Yeah. Perfect. So I went to the soccer game with my kids, and I got a beautiful park. Got to eat alabrije. I was there. I was really excited. And I get up there and I'm like, look at these people behind the goal. They're like, this is standing room only. And they're just banging these drums yeah. and they're going to town. I was like, this is a really cool vibe. I dig this. They did a really good and job. 34 yeah. minutes into the match. I was like, are they going to stop fucking drumming? <laughs> nope. <laughs> like when, 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 when do the drums stop? Because my head's starting to hurt. Yep. And my kid's like, why are they drumming? And I'm like, I, they, that's just, that's the vibe. When I was 24, I'd have been down there with them. Oh, lay, oh, lay all day. But now I'm my 40th. I'm like that, that my head's starting to hurt at the drumming. Will they just stop drumming for 45 seconds so I can just get myself together. Nope. Yeah. And I felt old. I felt old. It was that it was the first time that I was like, holy shit. I'm, I'm the old guy. Like I'm the old guy. I don't, I don't like the noise. You damn kids and your noise. I was that guy. And I was like, no, no, stop. Get off my lawn. His this, lawn's greener. What I felt like. Did, have you got, do you get in my crazy? No, no, no. Okay. No, you're not. You're not. I'm not going to start like a thing where to stop the drums though. No, I'm not I don't gonna, think you can well, stop no, the drums. Yeah, there's no stopping the drums. Yeah. I, I don't want to, I don't want to start like some petition, like stop the drums while they're playing the yeah. game. Like, and somebody yeah. will at some point, I'm sure. I don't do it. Like I'll just sit on the other side of the stadium. This I can is do where that. You get, uh, get the club level seats, and you can actually sit inside and watch the game from inside. Yep. No, no drums. Pro in there. tip. That's always fun, but also, aren't you there to be in all of that? And maybe I was there with my kids, and they're trying to ask me questions. You, like, are, you already right. did it once, though. You already did it once. I did it once. Well, now I know where to sit. I'm yeah, exactly. <laughs> other on the attack side on the second half. Yep. Truth. Pro tips. There you go. If you're if you're older than forty, yeah. and grab yourself a shivanata empanada while you're there. Yeah. Yes. So I did Alabria. I was like, I'm getting a shivanata next yeah. time. Yeah. That's it. So we were one of their like uh, first accounts that was selling them besides themselves. Yeah, we were just getting. A, we were going to the taco truck uh, to their I little food truck that they had, and we were like, man, these are so good. Could could we buy them from you for like, for our restaurant? And they're like, they bought that new maker, and they're like, all right, we can do it now. Um, and now they're on fire. They're just crushing it everywhere. That's awesome. I'm so proud of them. I love that the that the Geodas Park has some local flavor in there, and they're yep. doing that. It's super cool. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining. we got to do this again. I'll yeah, come visit you this come weekend for your anniversary. Go follow them at Pearl Diver Nashville. Jamie and Ben, thanks, guys, again. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you. All right. Okay, Jamie and Ben, thank you so much for joining Nashville Restaurant Radio. You might get to hear... More from those guys coming up in the uh, coming weeks. They may be coming in to do something special for me. We'll keep that under wraps for the time being, but uh, I imagine you're going to hear more from them because uh, we had we just had way too much fun. Thank you guys for listening to that one. Um, 
I don't have this out on YouTube yet. I did record that. I record a lot of these things and I put them out on YouTube sporadically. So if you go to YouTube and you would uh, subscribe, then you would get notifications when I put new videos out. So if you like to watch the podcast, you can do that there. Again, please stay tuned. This Wednesday, we have Laura from the Fox Bar on the Gospel of Cocktail podcast with Kayla Ellis. And then on Friday, we're going to be brand new with Imran Shake, who is the uh, one of the owners of Milkshake Concepts, which is a layer cake downtown. And then they're opening Harper's and The Finch and Vidora. And that is, he tells all about all these things. If you ever wanted to hear a perspective from a guy who's going to open 12 restaurants in the next year, just an incredibly sharp individual. I love talking to him. I wish I could have had three more hours with him. So much fun. Uh, thank you for listening. And uh, go vote. Go to NashRestaurantRadio.com. Vote for your favorite Mexican restaurant. Love you guys. Bye.